Hello, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Isabel Leach, who is a final year medical student at the University of Sheffield. Isabel has recently published a paper here in the BJGP titled Understanding Patient Views and Experiences of the Identification of Palliative Care Needs, a Qualitative Interview Study. Thanks, Isabel, for joining us here today to talk about this research that you conducted alongside colleagues in Leeds and Nottingham. I suppose the background to this study and a sentiment that many GPs will share is that early identification and provision of palliative care can improve quality of life and symptoms at the end of life. But what do we know already about the palliative care needs of patients and whether they get this care? Yeah, absolutely. So we all know that the demand for palliative care is is increasing. So I think there's been a study that's shown that by 2040, 160,000 more people will need palliative care annually in England and Wales compared to, I think, 2014. So we know that the demand is increasing, but kind of the issue is, is that we're not able to, at the moment, identify everyone with those palliative care needs. We know that people who receive palliative care early on in their illness trajectory, as you said, have um, better quality of life, reduced symptom burden, fewer emergency admissions to hospital. So it is really good for patients if they kind of get this people earlier on um, rather than the last kind of few days of their life. But it is very difficult for clinicians to identify when someone becomes palliative, depending on the illness, depends on where that kind of palliative phase starts. So for someone with cancer, say, it's kind of often very obvious, um, their trajectory kind of uh, is quite stable and they, they'll have a quick steady decline and enter that palliative phase. So often people with cancer do receive very good palliative care. Um, but increasingly, the patients that we're seeing, particularly in general practice, are people who have very complex multimorbidity and chronic illness, and they don't follow this simple trajectory. And the palliative phase isn't as well defined. So I guess what people have been doing is thinking, well, how can we help people in primary care to find out when people are in this palliative phase? Various search tools and frameworks have been developed, for example, SPICT and um, the gold standards framework. Um, and these have kind of been implemented a little bit haphazardly across um, the UK. Um, and different practices have been doing using different frameworks, one not at all. But the issue is, is that these frameworks have been developed, but no one's asked the patients how they felt about being labelled as palliative. And no one had asked any patients about what it actually meant for their care. So I guess that's where my research came in. We wanted to know what patients felt about this palliative label. And if it actually had any um, implications for their healthcare after this kind of identification of palliative care need. Yeah. And to do this, you did this qualitative interview study mm-hmm. of palliative care patients in Sheffield. And you spoke to eight patients and three family carers with yes. a variety of medical conditions. So taking into account these issues that you've talked about, multimorbidity and things. And they talked about identifying their palliative care needs. And I just wanted to talk through the different themes that you identified here. Mm-hmm. Firstly, they talked to you about understanding what palliative care meant. So you touched upon that and that prognostic uncertainty at the end of life. So what did they say about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the including criteria for our study was that um, we, I would only be speaking to patients who knew that they had been labelled as palliative. So 
um, as the research team, we made it quite clear to the GPs recruiting the patients needed to know had already had these discussions about palliative care. So I didn't want to be the one kind of breaking that bad news in the interview, understandingly. But what actually happened is when I, when I got to interview, many of these patients didn't actually realise that they were a palliative patient, which was a massive finding um, in itself because it clearly shows kind of a gap between what healthcare professionals think they're communicating with patients and what patients are actually taking away from the conversations. So many of the people I spoke to didn't realise they would be classed as a palliative patient. When I kind of explained what palliative care actually meant in terms of kind of quality of life support, looking at people's best interests, people were often very receptive of this palliative care label. It was just the initial stigma surrounding it about kind of death and dying that meant they were initially resistant to kind of talking about it. And potentially this may kind of meant that healthcare professionals who are having these conversations with patients just weren't using the word palliative. And there's pros and cons to doing that. But I guess um, when I did use the word palliative, it was kind of generally well received, which was quite interesting. And I, I wonder if you got a sense from the people that you spoke to, whether they were involved much with specialist services or were they patients who would have had a, a chat with the specialist or someone in the hospital about their end of life trajectory? Or do you think that they expected this to come from their conversations with their GP? So this was really interesting, actually. So patients who had malignant disease kind of all received their palliative care from specialist streams. So palliative care consultants at the hospital or hospices. And they didn't really uh, regard their GP in any way to do with their palliative care. But for people who had non-malignant disease and chronic illness and multimorbidity, their GP was an absolutely integral part of their palliative care. And even those who received specialist palliative care as well all spoke about the relationship they'd built with their primary care team over many, many years above any of the specialist teams. Even if they weren't able to articulate themselves that this was palliative care, what they were describing was palliative care from their primary care team. And that's what they valued the most. So frequent check-ins with GPs and kind of um, primary healthcare professionals proactively engaging in their in their care beyond that kind of from the standard patient. Mm, so an important thing to note just in terms of non-malignant disease. Um, and the second theme you describe here was, I think you've been touching upon this, but that a compassionate approach is needed to identify these palliative care needs. And you've touched upon this in terms of GPs checking in with patients and things, but what else did the patients talk about here? So I think what became quite clear from the people I was speaking to was that um, going back to the frameworks I touched on earlier, we kind of brought these up in the interviews and asked how they would feel about having a tool to help clinicians identify people with palliative care needs. The patients were generally receptive to the idea of using a tool, but what was clear is that they all were concerned about what would happen after that. So this is what we were talking about in terms of the compassion. So it was all very well using a tool to find a patient uh, with palliative care needs. But actually, how are we going to communicate that with the patient? And this needs to be done compassionately and with time. We can put all of these tools into general practice, but actually the conversations surrounding this is what's most important. And they're very complex and sensitive discussions that need to be handled with care. And I think that really needs to be remembered when we are pushing to kind of get more people on the palliative care register. And I think that feeds into 
the last theme that you discuss was that people said that identifying their palliative care needs was helpful, but they also talked about their thoughts around holistic care. So you've touched upon this, but what did you find here and what did the participants discuss here? Again, it kind of split depending on their disease. So for people with cancer, they really recognise that a referral to specialist palliative care teams kind of acted as a massive shift from like the biomedical approach to a more holistic patient-centered approach but again that goes back to the kind of illness trajectory which is much more much more clear there's kind of an obvious decline where the palliative phase is implemented so for people who didn't have cancer yes palliative care did represent a a shift towards holistic care but it also was continued alongside curative treatment and I think this is another thing that patients did not realize that palliative care could coexist with curative care Um, and this is a massive barrier to patients accepting that palliative care is okay because they all or the majority of people I spoke to believed that as soon as they were given that palliative label that meant that they were at the very end of their life which often is not the case and I think this is a massive barrier to patients being on board and healthcare professionals being on board with that palliative label. Yeah it sounds to me that uh, a lot of the things that you're discussing sound as though they could be rectified with a bit more communication or less miscommunication between GPs and their patients? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much literature about kind of the stigma surrounding palliative care and that people like the general public, patients and healthcare professionals don't like talking about death and dying. So I think this is, you know, a real society deep issue that isn't going to be isn't going to be fixed with a tool to help find patients it needs to go right back to the beginning this is like a massive public health issue um and i really do truly believe that the only way we'll improve palliative care on a kind of a a larger scale is to improve the education surrounding it and really encourage communities to start talking about death and dying um rather than this taboo subject that we kind of leave until we absolutely have to talk about it right at the end of someone's life And if you're looking back on this research, and if you had one message to tell GPs in their practice following the study, what would it be? The most important thing would be to really encourage GPs to have honest and open conversations about patients, about their prognosis and what it means for their future, giving patients the kind of time and space to describe their wishes, to develop a a comprehensive needs assessment is most important. And understanding that there isn't a wrong or right time to start talking about palliative care with patients. And I think as long as that you describe palliative care in the context of um, improving quality of life and better support for patients, they will be receptive of it. And it's not something that is necessarily going to destroy their hope or cause harm to the patient in any way. It actually will provide lots of benefits in the majority of cases. Hmm. So breaking down some of those barriers around miscommunication. Okay, wonderful. But I think that's a really great place to wrap things up. But thanks very much, Isabel, for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you. And thank you all very much for your time here and for listening to that BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. And if you'd like to hear more about current research in UK primary care, please do join us at the BJGP Research Conference, which is being held on the 22nd of March in London. 
The conference website is bjgp.org forward slash conference. Thanks very much for listening and bye.